You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the show tonight, chef and nutritionist Sid Sheehan from Nourish by Nature in Listool, County Kerry, is on his way from the kingdom to visit the studio to chat to me. We'll be getting a preview of the March issue of Easy Food magazine with guest editor JP McMahon. Ken Mayor foodie Karen Coakley has a great recipe for us to enjoy and Sinead Hennessy from Fulcher Ireland has an overview of upcoming food and drink events taking place all over Ireland in 2016. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. And while you're doing that, it's time to welcome regular Sid Sheehan to the studio. So let's find out what Sid is going to talk to us about tonight. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Sid, you're very welcome back to the studio. Thanks for having me in, Sharon. And tonight you have a topic to discuss, which I was a bit surprised about, but still very interested. And it's heart healthy foods for men. Why have you chosen to talk about that tonight? Okay, well, heart health is important for everybody across the board. But I think for men more so, because men in general in this country think that they're invincible when it comes to their health and particularly heart health. So even something as simple as weight loss with men, they say they don't have a problem with their weight. Um, I've spoken to a lot of guys and, you know, it's a case of I fit into the same size jeans. I'm still a 32 waist. You know, you might be a 32 waist, but now your jeans are underneath your belly. So men just don't acknowledge their health in general. We're getting a little bit better, I think. All right. But uh, certainly with heart health for men, um, we really need to be aware. And lifestyle choices and diet is the big one that we're going to talk about, obviously, tonight. So it's just some of the factors that can influence it, what men should be doing. Um, There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor to actually admit that you're sick or that there might be something wrong. Um, so go to the doctor, make an appointment just once once a year. Go for a general checkup. Most guys, I think, again, if you ask them in Ireland, certainly probably from 40 upwards, they won't go to the doctor on a regular basis unless they're really, really sick. And really, should we all be going once a year, funds permitting, obviously, but should we be going once a year to the doctor to get an annual medical? I think all of us should be. You know, we'll spend money on lots of other things. We'll make sure that we have enough funds put aside for an annual holiday. But when it comes to actually putting aside 50 or 100 euros or whatever it is, just for a general checkup, it's something that all of us should be doing. Yeah, and some people might have private health care that would actually cover that annual health yeah, check. Yeah, I'm so sure it, there it's are. It's worth checking out what the position is if you do have yeah, private health care. Yeah, see what you are entitled to or what your mm-hmm. package is or your plan. Uh, but definitely just get into the habit of doing it. Um, but like that, we're going to talk about the men's health tonight. Um, just okay. to try and push them on a little bit, make them a little bit more, bit more aware of their health in general, but particularly more aware of what they're eating and their diet. So what are the biggest mistakes that men are making whenever it comes to their diet and what they're eating? Like most people, I think, again, they don't think about the food. Once it goes past their lips, they don't give it any thought to uh, the impact that that food can have inside their body. And that's essentially what will determine whether we're going to be healthy or unhealthy. So let's just take a simple example of maybe the traditional kind of fried breakfast that, you know, working man, you know, big greasy frying first thing in the morning. There is probably zero nutrition inside in a big greasy fry. Okay, you're getting a certain amount of red meat. You have a bit of iron in there. I know it came out recently. Um, 
about black pudding being a superfood. Now, I wouldn't quite go so far as to call it a superfood, but it is, you know, it's high in iron, so it's probably better than having something like hash browns or something like that, where there's, there's no nutrition in them. Um, but we want to be getting away from those kind of eating habits. Do you know, there's nothing wrong with starting out your day with a bowl of porridge, which we should be doing. In, so swap the fry. Um, the breakfast roll was probably the most detrimental thing that happened in this country when it came to men's diet. Um, so, you know, swap your greasy fry for something. But can you not make that greasy fry ungreasy? Could you not go for the poached egg? Yeah. Grill some high quality bacon, high quality sausages, have the, the tomato tomato grilled a few mushrooms what yeah. else what am I missing now there okay so maybe now, eliminate you know, the beans or, from it okay. because they're full of sugar no, I, I don't do beans <laughs> now with fries I just think that is a crime against fries you don't, so have, I do. you don't have to have a portion of chips you know at 8 o'clock no, in the morning of course as part not. of your and do, okay, is that what they're eating down in Kerry <laughs> <laughs> of course not <laughs> with their fries <laughs> um, but you know you can go for swap something like that you can still have a hot savoury breakfast Maybe something like smoked salmon with poached eggs on it or with scrambled egg. Instead, get away from the fried eggs. So you're still getting your eggs. So go for boiled, poached or scrambled. Um, Like you said, if you're going to have bacon, try and eliminate or certainly reduce sausages and stuff like that. And if you are going to have a sausage or pudding, try and go for a good kind of organic one that's mm, locally produced. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like Caroline Rigney or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like, like that, you know. So it's Denmark. fully traceable and you know exactly what goes into mm. it. Um, so that would be a good starting point. If you're going to go with the bacon, again, go with kind of locally produced organic bacon. Mass produced bacon. Um, if you can go out and into a supermarket and get a packet of rashers, obviously the streaky ones are going to be taste nicer because they're full of fat. So get away from those ones. Go for lean ones. Um, you know, if you can buy a pound of rashers, you know, for one fifty or two euros, it's not a great sign. You shouldn't be able to buy meat really that cheap if it's good quality. So that's the breakfast then. Moving on into the day, what sort of snacks, say a mid-morning snack? Okay, snacks. Soup is a brilliant one because it's an excellent filler. It's a great way of getting huge amount of nutrients in from your veg. But obviously try and make the soup yourself. Steer clear of packet soups, tinned soups. Um, They're full of preservatives, additives, a massive amount of salt inside them. And soup really is so easy to make. Now, I know some people might not know how to make it, but if you just go and find out, even I can make soup. It is so easy to make. Soup is really, really foolproof. Um, I actually have a recipe to give out. Great. Um, It's a nice kind of one for men. It's mushroom and black pudding soup. Lovely. Oh, yeah, we look um, forward to that. Yeah, so it's a nice kind of warming soup. It's really filling. so something like that, a bowl of that maybe as a snack or for lunch with two slices of a good brown bread, preferably homemade again. Mm-hmm. Stay away from stuff like white sliced bread. Very, very little nutrition in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to affect blood sugars and all that as well, which will have a knock-on effect with your weight and ultimately the, the health of your heart. Okay. And the soup can be for the, for a snack or for the lunch or... Soup can be, it's brilliant, you know, maybe make up a batch of it on, I'm always advising people, if you're going to get into the habit of cooking, maybe do two days a week. So put aside maybe a Sunday evening, an hour and a half, two hours. Um, you know, stay away from the pub for two hours on a Sunday evening, it won't kill you. They're um, obviously going to the pub and carry on a Sunday evening as well. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to do? So, you know, put aside 
a little bit of time on a Sunday evening to do a bit of cooking you can make up your batch of soup and maybe then on a midweek evening maybe come Wednesday or something like that you can go again and make up a second batch of stuff okay. so make up um, a big tub of soup keep it in the fridge warm up what you need put it into a flask carry it off to work with you um, have it for lunch even have it for supper in the evening or something like that um, if you wanted something a bit more filling for like a main meal of the day for the lunch or the dinner what would you be suggesting there Okay, uh, in general I would be suggesting that people stay away from from no I'm not saying stay away from red meat entirely uh, but reduce the amount of it because again a lot of Irish men will be having red meat probably five six even seven days a week um, I would be saying don't have red meat any more than three days a week as your main meal mm-hmm. go for maybe turkey or chicken um, oily fish is probably one of the most important ones to incorporate into your diet so you'd be aiming for three days a week to have fish and Again, as a general rule, across the board for heart health, for all health, um, go vegetarian one day a week. So, so meat-free Monday is, meat a, free Monday is, is a bit of a trend. It is. So that's one, and, and a good one to follow. It gives your body a break just from breaking down animal protein uh, because all meat like that is acidic. So you want to kind of balance out your body again and bring the pH back to the proper levels. So um, It is amazing that we don't eat more fish in this country given that we are an island. Exactly. Um, um, you know, we should be. There's no excuse for it. Fish is affordable. It was always kind of classed as being really expensive, but it's not. You know, you go into any of the big supermarkets, they will always have a weekly offer on with so many fish. One of them will always be an oily fish like salmon, trout, herring, mackerel. These are all fish that are so cheap um, and they're really, really easy to cook, really easy to incorporate into your diet as well. Any more tips before we move on to the recipe that you're going to share with the listeners? Just a few tips in general. Um, we'll just look at one or two statistics. Currently in Ireland, there's 100,000 deaths per year associated with cardiovascular disease. That is absolutely shocking. So that is 33% of all of the deaths recorded in Ireland on an annual basis are down to cardiovascular disease. And the medical profession would attribute that to diet? A huge amount of it is associated with diet. And there are other factors, obviously, excess alcohol consumption, smoking is a given obviously when it comes to cardiovascular disease but diet is a huge um, factor so just a few kind of things to increase and a few things to decrease and then we can move on to the recipe so a few general ones increase the amount of fiber fiber will flush out um, cholesterol out of your arteries so that's something that we definitely need to do. When I say fibre, I mean increase fruit and veg. Uh, go for brown bread, like we said, with the breakfast option instead of white bread. Uh, increase your water intake. This is a big one as well. It's really important. Water is probably the single most important um, thing that we can put into our body on, on a daily basis. Uh, fruit and veg, like we said. So just go for a good range of fruit and veg. Aim for a minimum of five portions a day. Um, oily fish, like we said, the salmon, the mackerel, these are all the really good ones. So these are full of the healthy fats like the omega-3s. So get those in as much as possible. There is nothing wrong with having tinned fish either. Some people think, you know, that it's uh, an inferior uh, food stuff. It's not. You're still getting all the essential oils and everything in there. So a tin of tuna is a good thing tin to eat? A tin of tuna, maybe a tin. Of, you can get little tins of mackerel, tins of um, salmon, Dings. so stuff like that. They're really good. Um, nuts and seeds, really good as well to get in there. Full of essential fats. They're good, 
good protein, lots of fibre in there. Um, and like we said as well, meat-free one day a week if possible. Okay. So they're the ones to increase. Some of the ones to reduce, pork and bacon products, um, a lot of them, there's a massive amount of salt in them. So salt is a big one associated with blood pressure and obviously then has the knock-on effect with overall cardiovascular disease. Um, processed foods in general. So I'm talking about takeaway foods, stuff like this, frozen ready meals, very, very little goodness inside any of those. Uh, They're stripped of all their nutrients, very little fiber in there. And you'll actually find that there is a massive volume of hidden sugar in there, Mm -hmm. a huge amount of salt um, and all the bad fats as well. Um, Reduce alcohol um, within reason. Uh, the red meat, uh, fried foods, so particularly deep fried foods. So uh, again, your takeaway stuff, just stay away from it as much as possible. Maybe keep it as a treat food once in a while, but we certainly don't need to be eating takeaway food a couple of evenings a week. Absolutely not, no. And the trans fats, these are the last ones um, to reduce, ideally to eliminate these. The proper name for these is hydrogenated fats. So they harden up like plastic inside our arteries. So these are the ones really associated with um, the bad cholesterol that we want to get rid of. Okay, good advice there now. And you have the recipe that you're going to give out and it's mushroom and... Black pudding. Black pudding. That's an unusual combination. It's a bit of an unusual one, but I think it's a nice one. Min will actually try this. Min have this thing with black pudding. If they hear that it's in a soup, you know, I'll have to give it a shot. And this is your creation? Yeah, Okay, so, so it's tried and tested. It's tried and tested many times and um, I haven't had a complaint about okay, it yet. Great. So I'm going to pop this up on the website as well afterwards so I can give out the details. That's nourishbynature.ie. Yeah, okay, and great. on Facebook as well, um, it's Nourished by Nature Listol. Okay. So that's where you'll find us. So just a quick run through the recipe, really simple to do. Um, you don't need a huge amount of ingredients for it. Um, what you need is one onion, just dice it up. You don't need to finely chop any of this stuff because you're going to be blending it up afterwards anyway so you don't have to have really good knife skills um, one onion finely chopped or roughly chopped eight to ten or eight to ten ounces of mushrooms you can go just for plain white mushrooms you can go for a mixture of mushrooms most supermarkets will do a kind of a mixed carton anyway um, two cloves of garlic this is a really good one again for heart health and for kind of cleaning blood and keeping it healthy um, a stick of celery eight ounces of black pudding now try and go for maybe go to your local butcher and if he's getting his black pudding from a local producer go for something like that instead of going in buying one in the supermarket you know again a really inferior one for maybe less than a euro there won't be much nutrition so we certainly won't class that one as a superfood um a little bit of butter I'm all for using real butter but in moderation so small amount of it for this recipe one ounce of butter um, two to three medium potatoes just give them a good wash ideally there's no need to peel them just give them a good scrub and just chop them up into cubes if you want you can peel them uh, 750 mils of vegetable or chicken stock um, and you can use if you're not going to make your own stock because it can be a little bit time consuming you know just go with um, a good quality stock cube and what good quality stock cube would you recommend okay one of the ones that I always use the cookery school and I always recommend it across the board for all of the classes the brand is Marigold Um, you'll get it in most supermarkets carry it certainly all health food shops will carry it Um, it comes in a powder form you can get a gluten free one a dairy free a yeast free so there's loads of different ones out there but it's a and it doesn't have any MSG added to it and it's low in salt because it's low 
that the issue with a lot of stock cubes that they're yeah. quite high in There's salt? There's a massive amount of salt inside them. So I think a lot of them out there now it will say on the pack reduce salt. But still, you know, that sounds all well and good, but you know how much salt is still in there. So go for something like that. Marigold is the brand. Okay. Okay, so just to put the soup together, a good heavy base saucepan. Soften down your little bit of butter, add in your onions, your garlic, your celery, your mushrooms. Uh, you can put the potatoes in it well, as well at this stage. Just stir them around over a medium to a low to medium heat for a few minutes. Um, maybe about five minutes. Then you can crumble in your black pudding. So there's no need to cook the black pudding or anything first. Just crumble it in. Cook that for another two, three minutes. Um, just keep stirring it because it might uh, start to stick to the bottom. Add in your stock cover it bring it up to the boil once it comes to the boil just turn it down and simmer it for about 20 minutes once the potato is the chunks of potato once they're softened down your soup is going to be ready to blend now if you want you can you can add in a little bit of cream at the end um, a small amount of it again is okay if you want to go for a slightly healthier option you can use creme fraiche which only has about 30% fat compared to double cream which will have maybe 70% fat so it's just slightly healthier. You don't need to add cream to it at all, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, season it with a little bit of salt and pepper just you know, to suit your own taste. And that's it. So it's a really, really simple soup and really filling. And you know, there's lots of veggies gone in there as well. So you blend it with either a stick blender or put it in the liquidizer? Yeah, into the liquidizer, you know, the jug blender. Uh, I think most households will have something like that hanging around that's not getting much use. So into your jug blender or else if you don't have anything like that in the house, go out any supermarket. You can get a little stick blender for maybe 50 15 euros buy one of those and just blitz it inside in the pot and you'll get great use out of it once you have it yeah once you get into the habit of doing stuff like this you know you'll actually see how rewarding cooking your own stuff can be and it tastes an awful lot better than the stuff out of the packet or the tin okay fantastic well thanks for sharing that with us Sid as you said you are going to put it up on your Facebook page Nourished by Nature Facebook page and the website nourishedbynature.ie and you'll be back next month and we're going to be talking about cancer fighting foods yes Um, just around the heart healthy for men actually I've got a class coming up on Monday the 29th of February so that's next week that is on yes and that class will be from 7 to 9.30 Um, it is heart healthy heart healthy cookery for men Um, we're not being sexist or anything not inviting the women along but I think there's a better chance if it's just geared for men only just getting the men out getting them into cooking and see how easy it is to do so um, okay and all the details are on the Nourished by Nature website all the details will be on the website and on the Facebook page okay well best of luck with that and we'll talk to you next month thanks Sharon cheers Chin chin. Salut. Fantastic to have Sid in the studio. And if you give the mushroom and black pudding recipe a go, be sure to let me know how you get on. And you can do that by dropping me an email to s.noonan at live.ie. Still to come tonight, Ken Mirror foodie Karen Coakley will be on the phone and no doubt will have another delicious recipe for us to enjoy. And Sinead Hennessy from Fulcher, Ireland has an overview of upcoming food and drink events taking place all over Ireland this year. Now though, it's time to get an overview of the March issue of Easy Food magazine with its guest editor, JP McMahon. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. JP, it's great to have you on the phone tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sharon. Guest editor of the March issue of Easy Food magazine. I would imagine you'll have a few Galway recipes in there for us. Yeah, no, we. Um, I suppose I wanted to try and um, look at the produce from the area and, produce, and make recipes out of that. So we have some nice uh, seafood recipes. We have some uh, scallops and some mussels. And then we also have 
some uh, kind of very simple ones like uh, friendly farmer chicken with some uh, with chips and that. So there's there's a it's kind of drawn on the produce of uh, of the West to, to create the recipes. You are blessed with an amount of really fantastic produce from the region. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you if you take in the region as a whole and you look down at Clare and then you look at East Galway and then you look west of the Atlantic and then north you've got Connemara and Mayo and like there is like just such a wealth of um, of uh, of stuff like Connemara lamb and then uh, smoked salmon coming up from from Clare and then in the east you've got all the nice cheeses like it is really like a little uh, nucleus almost of, uh, of of good food. And I believe you have a recipe there. It's made with is it in a tin smoker? Oh, absolutely yes. Um, what um, I'm trying to think of that one now with. Um, the smoked uh, the smoked chicken. Oh yes, the smoked chicken with the. It's a kind of play on um, on a on a risotto. So what we did was we used barley instead of uh, risotto rice, and we smoked the uh, we smoked the chicken in uh, in a little box smoker. They're very you can pick them up in camping stores or they're very easy to find online. They're about twenty five euro, but we use them all the time in the restaurant, particularly because we're only smoking small amounts and they had a really nice. Um, feel to, uh, to the food. We smoke the chicken in hay, um, which is a very, very Irish thing as well. So, um, And it's nice. It's barley and there's a little bit of lardo, which is cured, cured back fat. Um, so uh, the pig. So it's, not, it's a nice kind of, um, kind of comforting dish. That sounds quite like quite an unusual way to cook something. So it's great to see in the magazine this month different ways for, lead, for readers to learn different ways of cooking. And I know that that's something that you personally are very keen to do yourself on an annual basis and that you would go away to other restaurants in other countries to go in stages. Yeah, no, I think it's important to... To, not only to keep learning, but also to, I think to show people that you're interested in what's happening. And I was I was over in restaurant Gordon Ramsay for for two days. Um, Claire Smith had invited me over after after Food in the Edge, so I went over and spent two days with them just to see, I suppose, what it's like to work in a three Michelin star restaurant. And they work very hard. <laughs> they 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 make my my well not my life look easy, but definitely I think some of the hardest working chefs I've ever seen in my life. Like, really. 18, 19 hour days, um, like full on uh, lunch, dinner at that level, at a three star level. It's just like phenomenal. Very young, young guys. I mean, I don't know if I'd manage it myself now, but you're 18, 19 year old young chefs. And um, like it was great. I mean, they're the, the best produce and they're in the middle of London. So they're in the, the center of it all. But like it's good. You take you don't only take back from, from what you learn in terms of food, but you also take back in terms of how they run the restaurant and, and the service and a lot of those things that like I, I'm very interested in not only in, in, in relation to Michelin stars but also in relation to how do we get the run the service better in the pub or how do we do it better in, in, in Cava and I think that uh, the service and uh, side of things plays a really important part in people's experience of food. Claire Smith in restaurant Gordon Ramsay was the mentor for the San Pellegrino Young Chef of the Year, which was won by Mark Moriarty. She was Mark's mentor this year. And you're involved in the competition this year, I believe. I am a judge. Um, again, that came out of the, the the guys coming over from Food on the Edge. Uh, San Pellegrino were there and decided it would be nice to have a judge uh, from the from the west of Ireland. So, Ross Lewis is uh, the judge, the other judge from Dublin, and we're teaming up with two uh, two British chefs, Claude Bossy and, and Ollie Debout. So it's it's a great pleasure and a privilege as well 
to uh, to be over there judging. Uh, we're going to judge semi-final, so we're going to select the candidate who's going to come out of Ireland and England, uh, and then Claude Bothy, um is going to mentor him uh, or her for the final. So it's very exciting, and it's nice. Uh, to it's also good, um, I suppose, uh, a good net networking opportunity for Food on the Edge to talk to people in London um, about that and, and to get the reception. And, and it was really nice to hear that they were talking about this event in the west of Ireland. And uh, um, that I suppose they wouldn't have been talking about a year ago. And, and they were they're really talk like talking about Irish food and Irish chefs and and what's going on in Ireland. And I think that's a real credit to. Uh, to everybody who's involved in food. I think Food in the Age now is one of those events it's just going to be talked about 12 months of the year because it was last October it's on again this October last week I was in Limerick with Sinead Hennessy from Fulcher Ireland to record her monthly slot and she's talking about the events coming up in 2016 but when I asked her what were her highlights from 2015 she would have singled out Food in the Age and the listeners are going to hear that now at the end of tonight's programme so that must give you a great it sounds a pride. Yeah, I suppose it does. It's hard. Um, not so much. It's, it, it's a bit difficult to feel it sometimes because you're in the middle of it, and it's only after the fact. And you, when I hear people talking about it in London, or people, uh, we were over in Copenhagen as well, and they were talking about well, this event um, in in Ireland. And like, cause sometimes I didn't even tell them I was the one organising it. I just said, "Oh, that's good." Um, you're so it, modest. It's, it's it's. I suppose it's maybe it's an Irish thing in terms of modesty. I don't know, but it is. It's it's almost a kind of surreal quality um, that, again, people are, are 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 still talking about the event, and and we've been announcing speakers uh, once a week on Twitter and and um, on, on Facebook. So we have about fourteen confirmed speakers now, and some of them are like very high profile, like Massimo Batura um, from Italy. We have um, Virgilio Martinez from Central in, in Lima, in Peru. Like they're probably the two. They're like in the top five chefs in the world, and they're coming to Galway this October. So, like it's a, I suppose it's a, it's a big thing. But I also want to bring some unknowns there. I want to throw in a few, a few wild cards because I think I, I don't want it to be just about the most high-profile chefs in the world. I think it's very important that we mix it up and and, and put it on in Galway, where like it's not expected for these all these people to be here. So it's like to drop it just in a little melting pot and. I think it's. Um, I think even the people of Galway were surprised. We had like, like probably some of the like top ten chefs in the world all wandering around the Roisin Dove, and no one was even bothering them. I think if it was uh, the top uh, uh, international footballers, I think then people might notice. But it's kind of funny where you have Albert Adria walking around the Roisin Dove like with a pint of Guinness, and like it, uh, I was like, you know, he's the best pastry chef in the world. Like, and no one is, no one's even gone. Oh wow! Like it's just. I think the the, the kind of calm, surreal quality of the whole event was uh, was funny. Just. Tom Akins and Claire Smith having coffee in Air Square on a Monday morning. I mean, you couldn't write that if you were to say, oh, that's where they're going to be now next year. And that. So it is kind of, I think, I'm looking forward to Massimo Tour coming over to Ireland. And I mean, to get him to see the produce, I think, um, I don't know if you heard, but both Nathan Outlaw and Albert Adria are, are using Kelly's mussels now from uh, Kelly's oysters in Kimbara because they tasted them at Food on the Edge and they were amazed with the quality of the of the shellfish and Albert had no idea of Irish shellfish before that and he loves shellfish so I really hope that over the next couple of years when we bring these visiting chefs that they'll teach us about what it is to be a great chef and how we can push forward on the future of food but I hope we educate them in terms of produce and the wonderful like cheeses and meats and organic vegetables all those things and I think we have 
Like, I mean, I've traveled all over and we, like, we absolutely have some of the best food in the world and we just don't know it. We just don't sing about it enough and say, no, we do have that food. It is a perfect showcase opportunity for Irish producers and Eat Irish is actually a theme in Easy Food magazine in March. Yeah, no, and it was nice to kind of be, to be involved in that. And I think, I think, like, trying to focus on, not only on the, on the, on the meat side of things, but I think too often because, again, with the, I suppose, the supermarket mentality of everything is always there. And it's kind of, it's nice to try and reflect and see what's in season and maybe hold back and go, but you know what, I'm not going to eat tomatoes for the month of the months of January, February, March, because like they're coming in, they're not even coming in from Europe at that stage. I mean, it, 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 we have to have kind of different balances. And like, I mean, if we were only going to eat tomatoes in Ireland and there would be Irish tomatoes, we'd only have them in July and August. But I'm not saying we have to restrict ourselves to that. But I do think in, in some of the months, I think we could focus on kind of really, really strong Irish ingredients like cauliflowers or celeriacs or Jerusalem artichokes grow very well in Ireland because they're a tuber. Like there's loads of there's loads of Irish ingredients, and I think um, the farmers markets are a great place to try out. But even in the supermarket, it's all labels, and you can see what's Irish and what's not Irish. And I think it's it's good to support the Irish in, uh, industry um, because the, the the money goes back into in, into the local economy. And it's not to say that you can you of course you could buy your tomatoes from Spain or your your asparagus from elsewhere, but just just to try and think about it that maybe five times out of seven you should be focusing on the Irish and then maybe for your special occasion pick your, pick your other stuff Well you're a great advocate for practising what you preach and you mentioned a couple of your restaurants earlier on in the interview but we have to highlight the Cava and Anir were both featured in the Sunday Times Top 100 Restaurants in Ireland which was curated by John and Sally McKenna you must have been delighted with that Yeah no, I mean I, I know John and Sally a long time and it was I think they're great ambassadors for for Irish food, and I, it's 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 a great privilege to have to have two restaurants in the in the top hundred. And uh, it's nice. I mean, they're very. I like what I like about John and Sally is they look across the spectrum. So they look from the the highest end of things, and I, I hate to say the lowest, but when you look at say the street food and the cafes, they, everything is included. So it's not just about the hundred best fine dining restaurants. It's a, it's a, it's the hundred best restaurants in Ireland, according. To, to them and they eat widely and I think it's nice that in more informal restaurants like Cava which is a tapas bar and very informal and lively that that gets a chance to, 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 um, to showcase things and so it, it, is, it, is, it is a great pleasure Absolutely, well congratulations on that and looking forward very much now to the March issue of Easy Food magazine as the guest editor, I'm sure it will be a really good one. JP thanks for talking to us this evening Thanks very much Sharon you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. So far in the show tonight, Sid Sheehan has shared a black pudding and mushroom soup recipe and we've had a preview of the March issue of Easy Food magazine with J.P. McMahon. Don't forget, if you've missed any of the shows so far, it will be up in the podcast later in the week and you'll find it on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or use the podcast app. 
We still have event news with Vulture Ireland's Sinead Hennessy to look forward to this evening. But before that, it's back over to the phone where Ken Mayor foodie Karen Coakley is waiting to share her latest recipe with us. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Karen, you're welcome to the show this evening. Thank you very much, Sharon. And you have a lovely warming recipe for us this evening. Tell us what it is. I do. We've just come out of winter and the weather has just been terrible, you know. We're starting to see a glimmer of sunshine there and a glimmer of spring and warmth and all of that when the sun does shine. But um, I just feel, you know, I'm still in comfort food mode. So my local butcher here has something I've spotted is beef shin. And to me, like, I love the old-fashioned cuts of meat. So like a lot of viewer listeners might um, remember, you know, a beef shin. So it's actually a slice of the shin beef, but the bone is in it and there's the marrow is in the bone. And things like this really excite me because I see the marrow and I just think all of the goodness that's inside in that. So I was talking to my butcher about it today when I went to buy it off of her and she said that she's been talking to two people recently who have said when they saw the marrow in the bone, they said, oh, so it be very good for osteoporosis and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, one good reason to actually get your meat with the bones in, especially if you don't drink a lot of milk, which I know I don't. So for this recipe, this is a slow-cooked recipe. I had three full beef shins. Now, they were quite big, so if you have small ones, you can use four. If you have three, or if they're big, just use three of them. And I'll feed about four people out of this. And one onion chopped, two whole heads of garlic, and then one whole head of black garlic. And tell us what black garlic is, because everybody might not be familiar with that. Black garlic, first of all, when you pick it up, it's black. It's kind of brown on the outside, and when you peel it off, the cloves inside are jet black. It's fermented garlic. It is, it's garlic which has been fermented and I keep banging on lately about fermented foods and how popular they are and how good they are for you. So it tastes slightly sweet and slightly pickled. It is absolutely gorgeous and it'll add a depth and another dimension to this dish. Does that come in a jar if it's fermented or no. it's no. dried then, it's fermented and then dried afterwards? I don't know. I'm not quite sure how to do it, but it's if you pick it up like you pick up a, a head of garlic or a clove of garlic in the in the greengrocer's or or the supermarket yeah, I or whatever. Yeah, in a health food shop in Bantry. Now okay. they have it. It can be hit and miss when they have it, but when they do, I stockpile it. It's quite expensive, and a little goes a long way. But it is just it adds. Um, I put balsamic vinegar into this dish then as well because that just marries really well. There's almost like a balsamic flavour to the garlic, if you can imagine that. So Lovely, the two of them yeah. work really well. And then I have beef stock, I have a kind of balsamic vinegar, and I have um, chopped fresh tomatoes, about 500 grams. Now, you can use a tin of tomatoes if you want, but um, I use the chopped fresh, and then loads and loads of thyme, fresh thyme. So you just um, heat your oil in a pan, you sweat off your onion. Um, when that's nice and brown, take it out, put the meat in, seasoned, in, like turn it over to see it on both sides then take that out and put in your wine. Now, when you put in your wine, you want it to really bubble and you want to get a wooden spoon and you want to scrape all those lovely juices and everything that's just at the bottom of your pan. I use a cast iron pan, by the way, that I can take from the hob into the oven. So, but you want all those juices to come up into your um, wine. So just let that reduce down by half. Then add in your beef stock, your tomatoes, add back in your onions, your meat, your thyme, your balsamic, bring it to the boil, put a lid on it, into the oven, cook it slowly. I have mine, I'd say, at about 150 when I do it, maybe a little bit less, and cook it for about two, two and a half hours. Now, keep an eye on it to make sure that it's not drying out. If it is drying out, then add in a little bit more um, beef stock into it or a little bit of water if you want to, because it is quite an intense 
punchy, um, I suppose, casserole or stew or whatever. So that's absolutely beautiful as that is when it's cooked, served with mashed potato. Or what you can do, what I did do one day was I took the meat out and I actually just pulled all the meat off the bone, you know, like you do a pulled pork. Mm -hmm. So put that back into the sauce. So it was almost like a mince, you know, and then mashed my potatoes and put those on top of it and made it into like a cottage pie. Lovely. Absolutely divine. I want to ask you about your tomatoes. If you're using fresh tomatoes, are you skinning them, de-seeding them? No, I don't. Um, I know I have a recipe that I used to years ago um, follow um, somebody's recipe in a book and she had you plunging tomatoes and peeling them and I just kind of thought life is too short. I agree. It really is and it doesn't make any difference at the end of the day because they cook down so much anyway. I just don't understand why. Okay, no, I'd agree with you. That would totally put me off doing something if I had yeah. to be roasting them and skinning them and taking pips yeah. and everything out. I would just be using the tinned tomatoes then. But that's yeah, great nice. that it is just, I suppose, if you had beef tomatoes or regular tomatoes and just yeah, chop them up. Yeah, I the, the big vine tomatoes. I always buy Lovely. my tomatoes on the vine and let them on the windowsill and they always have loads of flavour. And I mean, you can use tinned tomatoes if you don't want to go to the trouble of... Um, chopping them and the beauty of it is is it's a really rich luxurious decadent dish but it's so easy to cook it's as easy to cook if you can cook a beef casserole you can cook this and if anybody is worried about how to cook it you actually have a little treat for them because you're going to post a video of you making this onto your facebook page um we discussed the last time i was on about snapchat and how i'm absolutely loving snapchat because i'm able to give my recipes and tutorials so i take you through everything from the buying of the meat to the finished product on my table, the finished dish on my kitchen table. So what I'm doing is I'm now uploading videos, just working better for me because I don't have the time to sit down and write a blog post. Whereas this is great, as I'm cooking my dinners, I'm actually filming it and then I'm uploading it to Snapchat. And from there now, I figured out that I can actually upload it to my Facebook page. So there will be a load of videos going up there. So it's um, Kinmare Foodies on Facebook. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing that, Karen. Thank uh, you. And we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks when no doubt you will have another fabulous recipe for us. So thanks a million. Thanks, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Kenmare foodie Karen Coakley who had a delicious warming recipe for us and earlier in the show Sid Sheehan had a black pudding and mushroom soup recipe. Lots of recipes tonight. And of course, we heard about the March issue of Easy Food magazine from J.P. McMahon. Lots of delicious recipes in there. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the full show later in the week on the podcast, which is on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or using the podcast app. We're at the final interview of the evening and it is with Sinead Hennessy from Fulcher, Ireland. I was out and about last week in Limerick and called in to see Sinead and she's going to give us a flavour of some of the amazing culinary events we have to look forward to in 2016. And of course, as I said earlier to JP McMahon, food in the edge is in there. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. 
Sinead, it's great to see you for the first time in 2016 and it's a bit early in the year for all the food festivals to have started so we're just going to have a bit of a roundup today as what we can expect in 2016 but before we get on to that I want to ask you which festival or festivals really stood out for you last year? Um, I would say uh, definitely the, the, the pinnacle for last of last year for me was Food on the Edge. Um, just an amazing event um kind of a game changer i would i would say um i was there for the for the two days and i just found it incredibly interesting there was great food and a great atmosphere up there and i suppose the good news is that the lineup for this year 2016 is is pretty phenomenal as well so i would definitely say that that was the best for me last year and Food in the Age is very much a, a trade type event. It's for chefs or people working in the industry. It's it's not really open to the public. That's well, uh, it would be for people who are very hardcore into into food um, and have a very, very deep interest in it. So appeals hugely to, to chefs in the industry, to anybody working in the industry. But like that, you get members of the public who are extremely interested. And I suppose with the... With the the rise in popularity of the likes of the Chef's Table on Netflix and stuff like that, there is an interest in 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 chefs in in their lives and what they do. Um, so I think it's you know I suppose it's it's for chefs primarily um, and industry, but definitely there's an interest there from the general public for it as well. One of the major advantages about Food in the Age, if you are a chef, is that you can end up meeting your hero somebody from Australia or Brazil or Argentina and you actually got to spend some time after the two-day event with some of those chefs showing them the sights and the wild Atlantic way that's right um they a couple of them stayed around after after the event um and we went to a few producers around Galway um went out to the Iron Islands um where they got to actually experience the food along the west coast of Ireland and how it's produced and meet some of the farmers and one thing that you know I wasn't anticipating was how much what we do in Ireland how it is just so outstanding to those across the waters so for example you know some of the chefs they they couldn't get over the the close connection between farmer and chef that exists in Ireland things Sharon that we take for granted Absolutely, as, yeah. as 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 par for the course and quite normal they found that really amazing when they came and do you know what the really good thing about the actual event as well is that it's so laid back you know it's so it's such a kind of an intimate event all of these chefs were out they were mixing with the crowd you know um, and I found like that you know I'm not a chef but um, a lot of the chefs that were there they really got to meet and chat with their their heroes it wasn't just listening to them um it was engaging with them um and and with the entertainment around the event as well there there is a great chance that you'll 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 get to actually meet and speak with these people as well which is great it it is quite a boutique event as well in that Mm. they're not going to grow it this year in terms of numbers audience numbers so people should get on sooner rather than later to book their tickets if they're interested in going absolutely and i know i mean i know a couple of months ago they were doing early bird prices but i think um yeah i think for for what you get up there it's it's really really good value and i think they have uh, they actually have a payment system in place now for it as well so you can so you can pay 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 off 
um, as, as, as you go in, in the run up to it. So yeah, absolutely. So that's foodintheedge.ie is the... Foodintheedge.ie is where you, where you get the tickets for okay. it. Now, one other event that I know is very close to your heart is in West Cork, the West Cork food festival because you're from that part of the that's right the yeah i'm from west cork originally um i, I it's gas anybody who's from west cork tends to say that in the first line of introduction <laughs> but um yeah so last year we went down you know i always stay at home when i go down to west cork and it's a really great opportunity for me to meet up with old friends and stuff like that but you know there is you know there is no topping in my opinion the the atmosphere down in in west cork during um a taste of west cork um you know everybody every single business every single town and village is invested in in what they're doing around food down there at that time and whether you regardless of whether you take in one of the lovely events that are happening over the course of the of of the festival or if you just go down walk through one of the towns, head down to Skibbereen, head into Clonacilty, go over to one of the markets, just soak up the atmosphere. It, it, it is certainly worth doing. Um, just going down and visiting and taking it in. It's a is, great one. Isn't that collaboration between businesses so important whenever it comes to hosting a food festival and making it successful? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we work quite closely with festivals in Falter Ireland and I think... The, the key to a really, really good festival is to get all of the locals involved in it, um, have this lovely kind of cross promotion happening, this lovely vibe, you know, um, and it really makes the delivery of the experience on the weekend, the day or the week, really that just that little bit more special. That's Food in the Age and the West Cork Food Festival. Is there anything new coming up in 2016 that we can look forward to? Um, well, we we have we have a lot of festivals, a lot of food festivals coming up in 2016. Some of the the really good ones, um, of course, are back. Um, one thing that we've noticed a rise in are are, are smaller events. Smaller, we, we they're called skillery events. Um, and we've noticed a rise in, in, in these popping up throughout the year for, for 2016. And they're really, really interesting, actually. Um, for example, there is a skillery event in chocolate in March. Um, that's happening in Dublin. You get, you get the details on discoverireland.ie. But it's where these are small, intimate events where you get to go and learn about the age-old craft, skill and tradition of making or producing food so it's like we've gone from cookery demo now to skillery um it's certainly a trend very very interesting there's a lovely connection to the food heritage piece as well as as actually getting in and 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 making um and taking part in the skill which is really good so for example there's butchery skillery there's uh, smoking your own fish skillery uh, and all of those kind of things popping up they're really interesting and we're seeing a a nice rise in those this year I know last year that McCarthy's and Canturk and County Cork they did a pig in the day course so it's along the same lines of that as that it is it is it is um and very much looking at the actual craft um the food production the the artisan way of of doing things and i think it's lovely it's really really good definitely something to keep an eye out for as you say easter is usually the time when the festivals start that's it that's when the madness starts and it's early this year it's the end of march it is it is so we're kicking off um of course with with a brilliant one um which is the galway food festival that's happening on the 25th and 26th of march 
um, great festival, a, a great lineup, and just a gorgeous sense of community up there. Every time I go up there, for such a a, a vibrant city, uh, you know, um, for them to have it uh, deliver such an intimate festival is is really really outstanding. So yeah, looking forward to that. That's happening the end of March. Then as we go into April, we've a few great ones as well. We have the West Waterford Festival of Food, which is a lovely festival. Great to bring the family to, bring the kids down. Um, there's a great, lovely vibe down there. That's in Dungarvan. That's in Dungarvan. And then we have um, the Lit Fest, Ballymaloo Lit Fest. That's happening in April as well, which is, you know, that that's a kind of a... Um, a permanent feature on on anybody who's a deep interest in food and uh, on their calendar. So I love you want to bring the family one to family down to as well. All of the food festivals are very good at offering different events and different facilities for families. So it, uh, it's a great day out, really. It is. No it matter is. what age your children are. That's right. That's right. It it absolutely is. And you know, I think if you're you're staying down for the weekend, um, wherever you go, um. You know, there's certainly something to to kind of to appeal to the kids, um, and regardless of of the the cookery demos and stuff like that, everybody is very welcoming of 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 kids and families. I think that's, you know, I, I've three boys myself, and um, I'd cart them around with me, and I never have any issue yeah. <laughs> with them. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, even no, better when the weather's good. Of course, yeah. And no matter <laughs> if one likes this, then one doesn't like it. But at least there's something else for That's them it. to. To it's just an eating fest, That's really. Right. For them. That's yeah. right. I mean, and if they can walk around with a bit of food in their hand and take it all in, they're 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 happy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, listen, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks yes. for talking to me, and we That's will great. keep in touch. We'll talk again in another couple of months, and great. you can give us more in-depth information about different events as they happen. All right. Thanks, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleunter. Sadly, that brings us to the end of tonight's show, which will be on the podcast later in the week. Soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe free of charge on iTunes or use the podcast app. And just before you go, are you a cycling chef? I ask. If so, Yes Chef magazine is running a three day charity cycle for Cystic Fibrosis Ireland in May in Liston Varna, County Clare. All the details are on the website yeschef.ie and we'll have Shane Smith on the show in a few weeks' time to tell us more. In the meantime, check it out for a great cause and I'd say it'll be some crack. Thanks so much for your company and to all of this evening's guests. Sid Sheehan, JP McMahon, Karen Coakley and Sinead Hennessy. Until next week when resident restaurant reviewer Rachel Keeley will be in the studio to share details about her latest dining spot. Bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit.